Arizona straight to the line. There's the snap to Murray. Murray looks left, pumps once, looking, looking. A lot of time. Now he throws, and it's intercepted by the Lions. Picked off down the left sideline. Oromorier picks up a block at the 30, 25, 20, Amani 10, 5, and he's spun out of bounds right there. I see you, 24. I see you. Welcome to another edition of the 20 Men in the Huddle podcast presented by Microsoft. We have taken the podcast on the road. We are not in the studio in Allen Park, obviously. We are here in Indianapolis where we did two joint practices with the Colts. And I have everybody's favorite, Michael O'Hara here to break it all down. Mike, we were at both practices. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> we were at both practices. And, yeah. and obviously it's great, these joint practices, because... You know, for Dan Campbell, for, for these players, you get, and, and Frank Reich, the coach of the Colts, you get a chance to kind of practice against great competition in a controlled environment. You can set up some situations that you're probably not even going to see in the preseason. No. And, and it's 30 reps a day for first-team guys against great competition. You just can't replicate it. I feel really, I'm, I mean this sincerely, I feel like I've watched six practices. You know, two on defense, two on offense, and then two on special teams. And, and they're all, you know, they're all different. And I think... There's a lot of things that go into this. Guys who played against each other in college, guys who played against each other in the pros, and now they're you know, on, on you know, opposite teams right now. And I think there's really a lot of energy, a lot of emotion goes into it. And it's not just another day of practice because they don't want it to be just another day of practice. Look, tomorrow they'll, that was great. But these two days, they really give it something. All right, two days. I watched the offense a lot on Wednesday. You watched the defense. So I'll start offensively on Wednesday. I thought it was really good. I thought they were crisp. You know, I thought seven on sevens, um, and, you know, and some of the early stuff started maybe a little bit slow. And as Dan Campbell mentioned this morning when we talked to him before practice on Thursday, um, when the big guys got to practice, when when the when they started doing some team stuff and the offensive linemen joined, yeah. that's when things just perked up for that offense. And I was watching them, and Jared Goff was sharp. The run game was good. They had three plays where I think Jared hit a 20-yard pass uh, down the middle to St. Brown, and he hit a 20-yarder to Raymond. And then DeAndre Swift went for 20 yards off the right side. It was just like chunk, 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 and, and they looked really, really good. And you're laughing because – you watched the offense on Thursday. <laughs> Why and, do I always lose the coin? Flip? And you, I think, didn't get the same uh, the same experience as I did on Wednesday, did you? I mean, let's just what really sums it up. And these are two really good guys with sure hands, DeAndre Swift and Amon Ross St. Brown, who in a span of five plays or six plays, both dropped the ball, mm. dropped the pass. They don't do that in five or six games. Right. And bing, 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 and bing. And that's the way a lot of it went. Now, it wasn't that awful from start to finish. But this was just no, there was no sizzle there. There was a, maybe a long catch here and there, but just nothing that really turned us on. At the end of the thing, I think the, the, the final possession of, of, the, of the practice period, ended up trying a couple of long field goals, but they really didn't threaten. So was it worthwhile for them? Absolutely, because they're going to get some corrections out of that. But I didn't see what you saw on Wednesday. And then on Wednesday, on Thursday, I got to see the defense. See the way this is going. And you got to see the defense on Wednesday. And what did you think of the defensive performance Wednesday? And then I'll go. It certainly didn't look like a team, especially defensively, ready to go, ready for the season. Yeah. They had trouble trouble against the pass. Not so much against the run because they were just throwing, throwing, throwing. And you know, uh, Matt Ryan is he's with. Now with uh, uh, since Indianapolis after 14 years in, in Atlanta, he looked like a kid out there. He just he just nailed everything, just lasered the ball. So wasn't a very good session for for the Detroit Lions offensively. However, 
Well, I, well, hold on. I, before we go to Thursday, you know, it was funny because I was watching. We split them up because yeah. how the how the Indianapolis Colts kind of facility was was situated is the fields were not next to each other like it is no. in Allen Park for those of you, of you who have been out there, but they were, you know, spread apart. They were next to each other from end zone to end zone. So it, it's hard to see everything going on. So we kind of split it up, you know, offense and defense at two days. And I, and I spent the majority of Wednesday watching the offense, but Thursday I kind of got to a two-minute two period and I, you know, looked over at the defense and I just kind of jotted down and followed some things and like you mentioned Matt Ryan in the two-minute oh, period it was, was touchdown great. touchdown touchdown rushing touchdown it was four touchdowns in five plays I yeah. saw and it just picked him apart so let's move to Thursday <laughs> we switch right you're watching the offense I'm watching the defense and Thursday it was it was night and day yeah. the defense was terrific in that same red zone period the Detroit Lions defense went 12 consecutive plays without letting Atlanta score. A two-minute period at the end of practice, they the Colts didn't get a first down. I mean, it was just – it was really a, a great performance. And, and really, you know, I've thought all of camp that the offense was much farther ahead than the defense was. Um, would you agree with that? Yeah, and I think it is. I really do. I think they've got more talent there. They've got better players there. And, and, and they've had – there are more assets there. The entire offensive line, look at that. They have five guys who are like first-round picks, second, third, uh, pro bowlers and all of that. So, yeah, I think it's better because it is better. It is better. And I've been worried a little bit, to be honest with you. And I don't know if you have Not either. about the Watching, No, line. the defense. I've yes, been worried about yes. the defense. Leading up to Thursday, I, I really was worried about the defense. I just thought in, in those team periods, the offense really had the edge all of training camp. They had the edge. The Colts had the edge the first day in these joint practices. You saw defensively, they did a couple good things, but you know, the, the offense goes down and scores the preseason opener against Atlanta, right? 10 plays and, and moves down the field and scores. And then what does Atlanta do? 12 plays, works down the field, runs the football, the Lions can't stop the run and, and they score. And I was just like, man, I just, I, I really don't know where this defense is heading. And then to see that Thursday and see the kind of performance they did, and that Colt, that's a good offense that the Colts have, yes, I mean, especially is. with Matt Ryan, who you talked about the experience that he has. Good offensive I mean, line, yeah. Great offensive line with Nelson and some of those guys. They are the best running back. I mean, they were number two in the league last year, averaging 149.1 yards per game on the ground. And Jonathan Taylor at 1,800 yards and 18 touchdowns. You know, I mean, that that's a good offense, good offensive line. And for Detroit's defense to be as good as they were Thursday, it, it really gave me some encouragement encouragement that that maybe it, it hasn't been as bad as I thought it, it it could potentially be leading up to this well you want to see some of the young guys playing up front you know in the front yeah. four the front seven linebackers and defensive linemen you want to see them sort of sort of come to bloom right now and I got to admit through yesterday I didn't really see that now look I know there's some good things in there like Malcolm Rodriguez yeah I mean is he as good as he's ever going to be no he's got a long career ahead of him at least we think he does but I think he's a real bright spot that bright spot for them. And there's some others in there. The one that was disappointing me the most was what I saw from the secondary. And I thought that would be an improved unit. It wasn't based on what I saw the, yesterday. But like what you saw today is different. It was. It was. Jeff Okuda got his hand on a couple balls. Yeah. I thought he looked good. The, 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 both safeties, Deshaun Elliott and, and Tracy Walker, were good. Um, and it was just really a, a combined good effort. And look, I think you would agree Aiden Hutchinson's been good since the start. I think that's a guy who kind of 
infuses something into that defense, gives them something. But Malcolm Rodriguez is an interesting one. And look, if you watch Hard Knocks, you know the backstory, and, and you saw kind of the stuff, some of the stuff with Calvin Shepard. And look, I had Calvin Shepard on this pod very early on when we first started, and he was raving about Malcolm Rodriguez even then from the spring, saying he's a guy you tell him something once, and that's it. And, and you don't ever have to tell him it again. And if he makes a mistake watching film, he'll never do it again. And we see that. Yeah. On, we see that translate to the field, right? And look, he's not the biggest guy. What five foot eleven or whatever it is? Five eleven, two thirty. Two thirties. He and that's why he was a six round pick. But boy, Mike, he just seems to make plays. Today was the same for me watching him on defense. Yeah, and you made a good point there about look, he's a sixth round pick. And, and when when you draft a guy low like that, and you look at the production he had in, in college at Oklahoma State, all of a sudden he's a story. You know, yeah. and, and so we, we, we probably have more eyes on him than at least for the through the offseason, the OTAs and minicamp and all that. We had more eyes on him than really warranted for a sixth round pick. But he's different. And but everything he's done, he's he's different in a good way now. We really think I really think there's a chance he's gonna be an opening day starter. I think so too. Now, I think it's not, definitely trending that way. But he may not be all situations. He might not, you know, defend against the pass or something be like that. Be there on goal line maybe. Right. You know. Because he's not Right. You get, look, you've got to be a certain size to do a certain job, but but he's going to be a starter in this. If it's not opening day, if he stays healthy, it's going to be sometime in this season. You know, we talked about him earlier, and I mentioned the name Stephen Tullock, right? Yep. A guy who was about that same size, maybe a touch bigger than than, Ma- than Malcolm wider, is, a you know, little wider, yeah. but kind of a smaller type linebacker, and had a great career. You mentioned you Sam know, Mills, a five foot nine linebacker, was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame five days ago. So you can do it. So, you know, it, it, to me, if you have football instincts, if you're a football player, if you know where to be, and when I watched Malcolm Rodriguez today, right, filling a gap and make and popping a running back, right, or he was in a flat in, in a late two-minute period where, you know, the Colts are trying to, you know, move down in two minutes, get a first down, and nothing's really there for, I think, for Matt Ryan, and, and he dumps it off into the flat. Who's right there? Malcolm Rodriguez is right there to make the stop, force a third down, and an eventual um, turnover on downs for them. And it's just, that's what we see every day with him. It's just, he he's always making one or two plays. I always write him down in my notebook, yeah. you know, two, three times every practice for a play, and that's what you want to see from a young guy, right? Yeah, and I think there's another thing that's to his advantage. This is sort of a subtle, you know, part of the, the, the work area. that He's a younger guy, but there are other younger guys on the team, so he's not taking the job of a guy in his ninth or tenth year. All these young guys are competing for, for, for you know, first of all, competing for snaps, competing for playing time, and then competing for jobs. And he's right there in the pot with all of them. So none of them can say there's favoritism to the young guy because they're all in the same position. And I love that part of Hard Knocks when Calvin Shepard was talking with the linebackers. They, they showed footage of him in that room, and he was like, look, he's he's taking your jobs. I'm yeah. going to play the guy who is. Like, he's not a first, second, third. He's not a $50 million free agent. He's just a guy that's doing it right. And you fourth round picks, you veteran guys, the Alex Anzalones, all those other guys that are in there. Look, I, I can't not play him because he's making the plays that you guys aren't, and he challenged those guys. I love that about uh, Calvin, a former player, you know, challenging some yeah, of those guys. Yeah, a nine-year vet. He's been in coaching now for a while, and he's coaching linebackers, and he's good at it. Look, all he has to do, and I don't think he would do this, is just show the video from last year. Yeah. This is what you're competing against. You right. could have started over with that group, really, in all, right. in all honesty. Now, I, that's a little bit of a harsh you know, comment, but just if you just look at the statistics, the yards and the points and all that they gave up. Missed tackles. Yeah, who's got yeah, right, yeah. exactly. Who's got a secure job? No. 
no way one. it is. So, you know, they're looking for a spark there, and I think Malcolm Rodriguez is, is, is providing that. Aiden Hutchinson, I thought he was really good both days in one-on-ones. I know you watched him more on Wednesday. I think he was pretty good there, too. Just impressions of him. He, Mike, he just seems to me like he's going to be a player day one. Guy 6'7 and 270, how he can get so low and then just accelerate you know, around the corner. When we talked before when they drafted, I was skeptical of that because he's, you know, he's got that sort of angular build. Yeah. build. How's he going to get down and make those plays? You know how? Because he does. He does. He's got that athleticism and that bend and, and everything else. I'm just curious from the from an offensive perspective watching today, um, did anybody jump out to you? I know it wasn't a great day for the offense, but is there anybody that, you know, Michael Harris sitting there. Michael Harris has been on the beat since 1977, guys. I mean, he's been doing this 45 years, a long, long time. 46. You've, you've, excuse me. You've seen a lot of you've seen a lot of good players. Tell me you've short. seen a lot of training camp. Is there, it, look, is, is there anyone that, that you're kind of, that you looked at today offensively? And like I said, wasn't a great day overall, but is there someone that you, you saw maybe and you were like, Okay, I think this kid's going to be a player for this team for a while, or this season, or did did anything jump well, out? Well, I'll to give you? you two guys, and it's no surprise. Chark is one of them. Just yeah. a long throw down the left sideline, and just ball just settled into his hands and just kept going. Yeah. Just didn't, just in stride. Sort He's of like a long like, strider, isn't he? It's like watching it's fun to watch yeah, run. It was, like, yeah, it was like watching Secretary, and he just kept pulling away. And you were there for secretary. I was, yeah. yeah. And, and despite despite what we've said about, this is great uh, to be next to this all the time. Think of the stories I get in the car with this guy. They don't even all oh, have yeah, to be true. Secretariat. You, you just you just assume they're true <laughs> anyway. Uh, and oh. another one, uh, DeAndre Swift. I yeah. The first play of the game, glide right. No, I'm sorry. Dig left, glide right, accelerate left. Three steps at full speed, and I just goes whoa. Look, people are different. He's different. He's different. You know what I love about DeAndre is, try is, that. is the one cut as yeah, well. Are, right. are we gonna are we gonna do the No. Okay. No. Don't hurt yourself now. On we, Halloween. We, we need you for Saturday, all right? Come see we got me on a preseason Halloween. game to do. You know, the one thing about DeAndre that I love too is like that just one yep. cut and gone. Like, you know, you get some guys that are like him, maybe a little bit undersized, quick, that that you know speed that will maybe make too many moves. We'll we'll try to shake and bake too many times. Like this, you know, you know yeah. do all this. I don't ever see that from DeAndre Swift ever. I see one move, one cut, and go. And I'll tell you what. And if you saw it last year, he'll run over somebody if they're not careful too. For and you don't expect that for a guy that size. I just, I just love the player, and I think he can be really, really good. And I love the fact that Deuce Daly is challenging him to be great. And I talked to DeAndre Swift yesterday on Wednesday, and I wrote a story on DetroitLions.com. If you guys want to read it, just his response to that kind of coaching and, and the challenge that Deuce is 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 giving him because Deuce thinks and, and knows he can be great. And I love the fact that Swift has really kind of taken to that. I think Swift is headed for a monster year. You heard it from DeAndre Swift yesterday. I wrote about it. 1,000 rushing yards, 1,000 receiving yards. That's his goal. Mike, do you think he can get it? There's only three guys in the history of the NFL have done it, I, one I, being – Roger Craig. Roger Craig. I'm sure you saw, right? Yeah. Plenty uh, of times. McCaffrey yeah. from the... Christian McCaffrey yeah. and the greatest show on turf. Oh, I don't I don't remember. Marshall Falk. Marshall Falk, Marshall Falk. Yeah. But that, those are the three guys that have done that. So do you think it's possible that DeAndre Swift can be a 1,000,000 guy? Look, I think he can average as much as those guys did, you know, running and receiving. I think you can get close to 2,000 yards, but I don't think he can chop it up that way. Just because he's so he's so versatile, there's a find. You can you can get him in a certain situation where you've got an advantage of, in a game and just run it to death. 
or throw the ball to him because they can't cover him. The one thing else about him, he gets so low, you know, and then just accelerates out of there. He kind of gets lost, yeah, doesn't you, he? You can't <laughs> see him. Yeah, that, you're exactly right. Exactly. He just gets he's like this high, and, and then he kind of unwinds it, and he's gone. So we're not going to see a lot of the starters in the number two preseason yep. game on Saturday. Um, you know, I think it'll be more about guys fighting for spots, um, guys fighting for um, not only, you know, roster spots, but, you know, playing time, maybe a couple starting spots here and there. You can, you can take it down one layer, too, to make the practice squad if you don't make the roster. I mean, it's 69 players now, 53 on the active roster, 16 on the practice squad. I'll tell you what, the practice squad ain't a bad living. Make a couple hundred thousand a year. You it's know. not a bad living, so those spots mean something As soon as we get done here, guys. we're going to go work out. <laughs> they mean something. So, Mike O'Hara, what are you looking forward to? You know, you're not, we're not going to see golf. We're not going to see a lot of the starters. What what? Is there a position group? Is there a, a battle in particular? Is it just something overall? What, what's something you're looking forward to Saturday, you know, Lucas Oil Stadium watching preseason week number two? Well, I want to see, once again, the battle between the two quarterbacks for, for the number two yeah. job. And, look, I think David Blau is in, in the lead, but things can happen. Yeah. You never know. And I agree with you. Yeah, but I, I think, think he's been better. He's just got a better feel for the game, a little more sizzle. I want to see more. Too bad he doesn't run like his wife, right? Yeah, make a lot right. of money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I want to also want to see, once again, the linebackers. There's three guys that have been in that rotation. It seems like forever. And that's uh, uh, Derek Barnes, Alex Anzalone, who I think is head and shoulders about the other guys right now. Yeah. And then Rodriguez. I think those three guys, I want to see how many snaps they get, how they use them. Do they use them in all situations? Do they use them in specialty situations? I think it's going to be all situations, really. Then, then if they have to go, they'll pare it down a little bit. Yeah. They'll do it later. Those are the most, and then anything in the secondary. I think the, I think the safety job is locked up. I yeah. Think they've decided on their primary. Deshaun two guys. Elliott and Tracy and, you know, Walker. They, they, so where one goes, the other one follows. The other one goes, the other one follows. That's really been looked to me like a really good tandem for the Lions. To me, I, I want to look at the defensive line. You know, we're not going to see Aiden Hutchins prior. Mm-hmm. We're not going to see Michael Brockers. We're not going to see, see some of those other guys. But to me, like. A guy who's been really good all camp and who was really good on Thursday was Austin Bryant, right? Going into his fourth season, only played 10 games his first two years because of injury. Had kind of a sneaky four and a half sacks um, last year and has kind of really come on. And we talked to him on Thursday. He said, look, I'm entering my fourth year. I'm in a scheme where I really like playing. They're using me the right way. I really love this defense and I'm just comfortable. And, you know, he's a guy with Julian Aquara and Romeo Aquara out with injury. He's gotten a chance to, you know, play a lot. He's making the most of his opportunities. Who else along that defensive line is going to be the depth? You know, because injuries are going to happen. You know, who's the guy behind Aleem McNeil? Is it Bugs? Is it somebody else? Is Austin Bryant going to be that guy on the edge? I just I want to see how that depth along the defensive line plays out. And if some of those guys can make plays, and if this defense can stop the run, which has been an issue, you know, now going on two years. Yeah, no, they've got three, four guys, you know, uh, Tim, who, who, on it, who, who are injured, and they, we've barely seen them or seen them at all. In, in spring training and in the preseason uh, game. So I don't think anybody there can take anything for granted that, look, I've got a job. Yeah. I don't think so. I think there could be some surprises on cut down day. Maybe not. We'll see. But but to me, what could have been really a strong depth point for them right now, just by inactivity and unavailability. They're trying to figure it out. They're not there. They're figuring it out. They say, well, he, he, he was here. He could have been here, you know, with a, but, but he hasn't been anywhere. Hey, but hey, it gives an opportunity yeah. for some other guys to make plays, right? Now they get a chance to step up on Saturday and do it. 
He is Mike O'Hara. We will both be at Lucas Oil. We'll break it both. We'll break it all down for you guys. Um, preseason game number two. Michael, as always, thank you so much for being here. You guys stay with me. I'm joined by Glover Quinn next. We talk Lions safeties. We talk defense. We talk what joint practices meant to him. We've got much more on 20 Men in the Huddle, but we'll be right back. Welcome to the 20 Minute in the Huddle podcast, and I have a special guest with me today. He was the Detroit Lions starting safety from 2013 to 2018. Glover Quinn, thanks so much for uh, taking the time. I know you're in from Houston for the day here, checking out camp. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. You know, one of the things that when I was kind of just researching this, looking up, preparing for this interview, that, that jumped out to me with you was you played 10 seasons in the NFL you missed one football game, and that was your rookie year, right? Mm-hmm. Is that one of the things that you pride yourself most? And obviously, you have, you know, the 2014 season with the seven picks, and mm-hmm. you've been to Pro Bowls. But to look over 10 years to miss one game, that that has, you, that's got to be a pretty problem. Yeah, I mean, that's that? that's something that you know I I always took pride in just being available for my team, my teammates. Um, I mean, I didn't miss practices if I if I could practice, and you know, I felt like that was just something that. You know, I built. That was just me. Um, I want to be there, injured, not injured. If I can be there, I want to be there. And so you just kind of get to going, and you just kind of playing, and you plan through injuries, and then all of a sudden you look up and you're like, man, I'm at like 70 games in a row. And it's like, oh, wow. And then you kind of play another season. It's like, man, I'm at like 90 games in a row. And you're just like, dude, I might could go 100. And then you get 100. It's like, wow, I went 100 straight. Now you're just like, all right, so now you just kind of—I mean, unless it's something catastrophic, you're just playing through everything, yeah. Then because you got a streak going, yeah. And then I think I ended at 148 straight. Wow, that's pretty amazing when you I think, think 148 about it. straight. 100, and that was—you know—I mean, those were the times before they were, you know, protecting players like they are now and some of that stuff, you know. So those guys that that you know in your era, you know, 90s, 2000, 2010s, you know, that was really before. They started protecting guys. It was a much more physical game. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know. And, I mean, I I remember, you know, when I was young coming in, you know, I was a fourth-rounder. And so you're trying to gain your respect, earn earn your keep in this, in this league. And so I remember my DB coach telling me when I was in Houston, he was like, man, you got to play smarter because you're going to hurt yourself. Yeah. Because I was a defensive back, but I was supposed to be like this tough guy, this physical guy. So I'm taking on old linemen. Any and everything. Sure. I'm, I'm just trying to hit any and everything You're moving because I'm trying impression. to prove that yeah. I'm not scared. I can play like I. And you know, I went through my first year, and I was playing pretty reckless. You know, <laughs> and uh, after that, I kind of started getting smarter and smarter. And then you start learning, you know, times that you need to throw your body in there and times you can can protect yourself. And and then you start learning how to practice. And so once you get to that point where you understand how to practice how to play the game. I mean, with a little little luck, a lot of blessings from God, you can you can survive. I want to ask you about Tracy Walker cuz you were here. He he's a guy that comes in um, as a rookie and you know, obviously recently got paid, got that contract extension and I know he credited, you know, you and and Quandre Diggs with with guys that were kind of helping him along the way. He he said he wouldn't have gotten to this point without, you know, you guys and and you guys taking him under his wing, under your wing. When he was a young player, when he came in here in 2018, did you know then 
that he would become a guy who's now a core member of this football team, you know, uh, you know, one of the better safeties in this league? I, I mean, I knew he had the potential. Mm-hmm. I knew he had the, the want to because he would always ask questions. Like, he would always ask me questions. And I hate that I was only with him for a year. Um, but he would always ask in and everything. He didn't. He wasn't a prideful guy that felt like you know he knew all the answers. All he just wanted to learn. He wanted to learn. He wanted to do as much as he could to to learn. And I knew then, when you have a guy that got a trait like that, then the sky is really the 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 ceiling for them. Like they can go really far because you have to be willing to learn. You have to be humble enough to ask questions when you don't know the answers. When you feel like you know all the answers, now you're closing yourself off to more information that could help you in your career. And so he was never afraid of that. And so I knew then that that's going to be a big deal for him. And then you see some of his natural talent, his size, long arms. You're like, okay, if he can stay healthy and and learn the game the right way, he could be a a good player. You know, and he's – obviously under the tutelage of Aaron Glenn, right? Mm-hmm. A guy you're familiar with from, you, you know, your time in Houston. Um, just what's your impressions of Aaron? Obviously was a successful player for a long, long time in this league, but really has become, you know, one of the more sought-after type coaches. You saw that head coaching interviews he did as a defensive coordinator. He's kind of one of those, you know, young, hot names out there. Just mm-hmm. the kind of guy he is and, and just your interactions with him, how much respect do you have for that guy? Well, I mean – I met AG back when I was in. I was living in Houston. I was playing there. Um, I remember watching him play. Obviously, when he was in Houston, um, and he was a great player. You know, what I'm saying fiery guy. Like he he was a fun player to watch. And so when I got a chance to meet him in Houston, I was like, you know, like super excited. That's, that's Aaron Glenn, right? And so I remember being out one, uh, you know, one one year just celebrating my birthday, and. Um, I didn't even know him at the time, but mm-hmm. he must have knew me or had saw me, and he came over. We talked, we chatted, and it was and it was like super cool. I was like, wow, that's that's AG. And so then when he was with New Orleans, we used to practice against those guys, and so his secondaries were always like very, 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 very physical. Very, like we used to always fight those guys. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But that was just the makeup of that team, the makeup of the culture that he was creating with, within his group. And then all of a sudden he gets, you know, moved up and up and you can just see his his imprint on all these teams. And so now to see him here, D coordinator, like I mean, the the things that you hear coming out of the building about him is not surprising to me. And so the guys are lucky to have him and um I mean, I'm looking forward to, like, seeing his defense again this year and, and what they can be. And when you watch that from afar last season, when you get guys like Jerry Jacobs, A.J. Parker, young guys, you know, undrafted rookies, and then you see that development. You see the player they are week one, week two, week three, and then the player they are week, you know, 13, 14 into December playing really good ball, being contributors. Does that speak to Aaron as well and, and just and hit that whole defensive staff and the way they can develop young players? Right, and, that, and that's really what you want to see. Can, can you develop guys? Because that's, that's really the name of the game. You know what I'm saying? You got guys who come in and coaches don't take the time to develop them. They assume things are they're busy or whatever, and they don't take time to develop players. And so if you can get a young guy – with some potential, with with some of the physical things, whether it's speed or size or whatever it may be, you can see something in those guys and you just continue to develop those guys and you be patient and you teach them the right way. I mean, the league is made up of, you know, third through, 
undrafted guys, right? You I mean you only get for the most part one free, one first round draft pick, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A, a year. So the league is made up of those guys who are third rounders, fourth rounders, fifth rounders, six rounders, undrafted guys that turn into good players that you know teams don't have to pay that much money to until it's time to pay them money. You mentioned the scheme changes with Aaron Glenn. One thing he, he mentioned, too, was this is a, a safety-driven defense. When, when you hear something like that, you play the position for a long, long time at a high level, what does that mean when, when a defense is kind of safety-driven? Well, I mean, it can mean a lot of different things, but for the most part, the safeties are going to be major contributors and major factors um, in, in how the defense is run. And that would depend on the ability of your safeties, right? Because, I mean, you can say it's a safety-driven defense, but if you don't have the safeties that can do what you're asking them to do, as a coordinator, you have to fit your scheme to your players, right? Mm -hmm. um, but your safeties will be involved, blitzing, different coverage stuff, um, communicating to linebackers because now they're in the mix, you know, communicating to corners, just doing different things where they're not just sitting back in too high, you know, playing over the top, or they're not just – you know, in a, in a cover three, and they're just you – no, know, they're going to be intricately involved into the game, the, the run game, the blitz game, the, the pass game, you know, mixing things up. And so when you got guys that can play and guys that know how to to do it, it could be fun. And what about having two guys, right? You had that run. You, you, know, you, you and Quandre were, were terrific. And when you've got two guys that can play together and the Lions are hoping that Deshaun Elliott is that guy to sit next to Trace, you know, you, we know what Trace can do. And, and Deshaun's had some successful years in Baltimore. Now, when you've got two guys that can play off each other, when you've got guys, each guy can come down, be in the box, can play deep. You can just do a lot of a lot of things that are almost interchangeable. How important is that for a defense? You know, it's very important when it comes to, like, different looks and different scheme things because you can mix stuff up. Um, you know, has some pros and has some cons to it as well because you kind of learn more and get more comfortable when you're continually put into a role, right? So... My first year here in 2013, I was with Lewis Demas, and Demas wanted to play right side of the defense because he was left-handed, so his tackle shoulder was his left shoulder, Yeah. right? So he wanted to play on the right side of the defense, so when he come down to make tackles, he's tackling with his left shoulder. Okay. So he always played on the right side. Gotcha. So then I was therefore always on the left side. And so now we were basically interchangeable depending on – how the offense came out. Mm -hmm. It wasn't necessarily a strong safety or a free safety, right? It was just you're the left side, he's the right side. Well, then the next year, I'm with James Ahedibo, and he's more of a in-the-box guy, right? So now it went from left and right to he's in the box, I'm in, deep. I'm deep, right? And then that's the year I had the interceptions. Right. So then it was just like, all right, you're staying you're deep. You're staying back there. Diggs, you're, gonna, <laughs> you're going to the box. Like, we were going to do that. But then every now and then we would switch it up, right? Yeah. Because you get tired of being in the middle all the time and then when they're not throwing the ball. Um, but you can give the offense different looks. And then when I got with um, Tavon and, and Quandre, and, and especially, especially Quandre, we were kind of like uh, me and Lewis. But it wasn't necessarily left and right we could just play whatever we wanted to play. You know what I'm saying? Was that fun? That was fun because yeah. being the older guy, you know, but respecting Quandre's talent, we could do a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. Things that they thought that I would probably be doing, I could let Quandre do it. And then things that, you know what I'm saying, we could sure. mix it up. If it, Like if I had a, a clue or a feeling about something, I could change stuff up real quick because Quandre understood the game. He was a good player. 
so we could do things on the fly because, you know, I was an older guy. I was a big brother, so he trusted me. Yeah. He knew I wasn't trying to, you know, leave him out to dry. So if I had a, a inkling of something, I'm just like, hey, hey, Quindrick, like we could, we, could, we could roll it on the fly. So it was fun, and coaches trusted us. Man, that all started from just from practicing, though. People don't understand how much practice means and matters when it comes to the, the trust and the relationship with your coaches. When they see you working with each other and doing different things and practicing different things in practice, like you're doing – different things mm -hmm. they give you more leeway and freedom when you get in the games because they've seen you do it in practice yeah so that's why it was important for me to practice every day like let's practice every day so i need all the guys to practice every day so we can we can get those reps and then when we get in the game because you never know what's going to happen in the game just because you practice it a certain way the offense may not show it that way it right. may be a little different in the game so we got to have so much understanding and so that's why it was a big deal to me when you think Tracy and Deshaun can, can kind of be that combination, it seems like their skill sets really play off of each other really well. Yeah, I think I think so. Um, I mean, it's just like I said, I don't know exactly what Aaron's gonna have them doing. I'm interested to see. Yeah. Um, but when you look at the body types, you look at the skills, you would think that they could be interchangeable. But Tracy can play in the box. He can play. In, in open field and you know Deshaun can do the same thing so you would think that they can do that it would depend on what they're primarily asking them to do and then what guys are comfortable with because you want guys to be comfortable for the most part right just because a player can play in the box is he comfortable in the box or just because he can play in the deep part of the field is he comfortable and is that in? best for the defense right yeah right so I think those are the things that you feel out during training camp you feel out during preseason games and you kind of get like because, like I said, when I was with James ahead of they knew he was going to be in the box, and they knew I was going to be deep, and we rolled with it. Like, yeah. just is what it is. Beat us, right? Um, so that's you know, you can, it can go either way. So you're going to be out at practice this week. So what do you? Where do you gravitate? Where do your eyes go? Well, I mean, obviously, I'm going to the skill guys. I'm going straight <laughs> to the DBs. All right, I'm going. I'm going to my corners, right? And safeties. Like, I want to see those guys. I want to see them work. I want. I want to see how they're working, mm -hmm. right? Because there's a standard when you when you really want to be great like there's a there's a standard and i want to see because if they're not then i want to tell them that yeah. like there's a higher level than what you guys are working and i obviously want to see the wide receiver so i'm interested to see all that and you know the big guys are the big guys like i mean i love the big guys but you know, I'm until, see the, until the pads come on, right? Yeah, I like, mean, and it gets you know real physical. Yeah. Like you know, going against another team. How much did you like those? Um, their, the lines are going to Indy to do joint practices. How much did you like those as a player? How much more did you get out of those joint practices than you did just after two weeks hitting the same guy going against the same scheme? Well, I mean, it just all depends. I mean, I I wasn't crazy about joint practices. I no? mean, no, nah, I mean they're cool, but. I mean, I wasn't really crazy about them. But, you know, it depends on the year as well. Like I said, when I was a rookie, it was fun. We were pl playing against, you know, Drew Brees and the Saints. And, yeah. you know, we get to fight. And all the, like, it was fun. And then, you know, as I got older, it was just kind of like I remember my first – wasn't one of my years here. We went to Indy, I think, mm -hmm. in practice. And then we went to Pittsburgh in practice. And it's just like – Man, I don't want to be in Pittsburgh for a whole week, man. Like driving an hour down to practice every day. Like I don't want to do that mess, man. Like you guys are creatures of habit. Right. You got you know your schedule. And you then your... the one year we had the Giants practice with us here. Mm -hmm. I think um, 
18, right? It might have been Patricia's year, yeah. right? Like, you just mess up the whole schedule and the routine. It's just like, <laughs> come on, man. But you get some good yeah. out of it. You get some good out of it because you're going against different guys. You're getting different schemes. You're getting put in more game situations, getting yourself ready to play. So it's a good to, to change it up, mix it up, give the guys a different look. Obviously, they've been going against their offense from, you know, the summer OTAs and then into training camp. So they've been going against those guys. They, they know and understand the plays and all that stuff. So it would be good to get them in a practice environment against another team so then they can start working on some of those football game type situations and things that they'll need. So we know where you, Glover Quinn's eyes are gravitating at practice, right? And yes. so I'm just curious from the outside looking, I know you continue to follow this team. You followed them last year and, and obviously the rough start, but we're playing so much better football at the end of last year. I'm just curious, what, what's your thoughts on, on this year and Dan Campbell and this team and, and the collection of guys heading into the second year? Well, I mean, I'm I'm excited just as everybody else, right? You see the the record that they had last year, but like you said, you see how they were playing towards the end of the year. Um, they were in a lot of games that they lost. You know, they they played really, really, really good football, and so now you just want to see can they take that next step, right? Mm -hmm. Can can year two in Dan Campbell's system, um, can can another year with the quarterback? Can like can they take that next step and get more wins, right? Can those three wins turn into ten wins because the games that you lost, like I tell people all the time, I mean, the difference in ten and six and six and ten is about four plays Man. in the grand scheme of things. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a lot of game, but you can look at two or three games here or there and it's like, bro, one play, we win that game, and then, you know, we probably won this game. And, you know, you can easily look up and say – and I was talking to somebody about it, I think, on another podcast, and I was like, you look at the year, I think it might have been 17, um, Golden Tate gets tackled at the half-inch line oh, against right. Atlanta, Atlanta, and we lose that game. Then you got the one year, you know, Calvin Johnson gets the ball punched out in Seattle right. at the half-inch line. The batted through the back right. of the end zone right. play. Yeah. Like, so those two games, right, That wasn't, I don't think that was the same year, but 2017, that takes you from 9-7 and to – Ten and right. six, right? Right. Like you just so it's just that close, and, and I'm sure you can find a game that we won that was that close to losing. So the difference in nine and seven, ten and six, six and ten, seven and nine, it's only about three or four plays. What do you view as a good improvement record wise? Do you even look at record, or what do they have to do this year to say, in your opinion, be like, okay, this is headed in the right direction? Like I. Dan's got this going. Right. Well, you know, you got to maximize certain years because the the thing about it, the the window is is small. Yeah. Right. Because it's a it's a business, so you have guys for a certain window, and then money gets involved, and some guys leave, and other guys come in, and things like that. And so, I don't know what the window is. Right. So, is it like okay, well, if this is not the year then this guy's going to be gone, this guy's going to be gone, we're going to have to replace. Who knows what's going to happen, right? So, yes, you want to see improvement. They won three games last year. Can we get to, you know, nine, ten games, hopefully fighting for a playoff spot, right? Mm -hmm. You got 17 games. Um, so you get more opportunities. I think they take an extra team or something like that. So, you know, can we find a way to get into that playoff? Can we be playing meaningful games That's it right in, there. in in November and December, December, right? That can, to me can is you be where playing it's at. meaningful yeah. football? Is it – you know, are the guys packing it in, or is it like, 
hey man, this game on December the twelfth is gonna be yeah. a, is is a big game, right? So that's what you really want to see. We're playing meaningful football in the end of the season, giving yourself a chance to get into the tournament. I know that's what you guys want out there. He is Glover Quinn. That was great stuff. Thanks for taking the time to stop by. How are the boys doing? They're doing good, man. Yeah? Doing good. Enjoying boys life. Sports still? Oh, yeah. I know we had our conversations back in the day. My son was travel sports and yours were oh, too. Oh, yeah. So. We, we're, we're sports hard. We're sports hard. Well, I love it. Enjoy your time here in Detroit. Enjoy oh, those defensive backs, and we'll be back with 20 Minute in the huddle.